Just drink it, all right? <laughs> Chester, have you opened the wine yet? Can we get the show on the road, please? Did you bring the wine? I got the wine. <laughs> what do you think this is? Some kind of bitchin' wine talk show? Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. welcome to my bitchin' wine talk show. Ooh. My name is Stephen Lane. I'm your host... Uh-huh. I'm here with, uh, what's your name again? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm here with my minion, Chester, the Nightfly, Northfield. Hello. <laughs> we are broadcasting to you live from Vancouver, British Columbia. Broadcasting. Is, is that something like a, a procedure that you start getting when you're in your 60s? It's, uh, I think the term comes from the, um, the cattle, the beef industry. Oh. The meat industry. Uh, broadcasting. Vegetarian, just turn this episode off. Yeah, it's okay. Just, uh. It might not be for you. So <laughs> we might be having some red wine. <laughs> Except we're not. <laughs> um, now, Chester, we've got an interesting wine this week. We have um, now. This is uh, the 2017. It's called Wine for Yoga Lovers. It's a Sangiovese rosé from oh. Langhorn Creek in South Australia. Oh my word! Oh my word! <laughs> and we've got a little picture of a. Some kind of a Gumby character with a big nose the size of his... Actually, it's the biggest part of his body, so we can't really... Uh, did one of our listeners send this bottle in? You you didn't pick this, did you? Uh, well, Chester, I have to... Let, uh, let me see this bottle. Admit to you something what? here. Are you... This looks like a gag card from like one of those little like shops. Well, that that's kind of what I like to sell about it. sorts of knickknacks that are supposed to be. All right, cute, give me that. Like, give me that back. All this, of them are actually useless. This bottle is ice cold. Okay, this has got a cutesy little funny, hilarious, goofy ass label. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's really getting simple. Wine for yoga lovers. I mean, is that? I mean, I felt kind of guilty because I haven't practiced yoga in like ten years. I mean, it it looks like a one of those cartoons in the new yorker that you stare at for five minutes being like, what is the point it's kind of like a dilbert comic but not quite so sophisticated as dilbert yeah yeah if like the guy who made makes dilbert died and someone tried to copy him into yeah, a wine label and yeah. and just failed anyway um listen it's got a <clears throat> funny little label here uh and it's got but it does have this beautiful provencal style pale salmon rosé color and it's very attractive and I, I just you know my your eyes attracted to this it was you know it was pretty cheap it was cold uh in the store that we were shopping in out in east vancouver yeah. and uh so listen like, like that color is is kind of like what the what i want my rims on my escalade to look like sangiovese rosé if you had a white escalade it'd be, be very yeah, nice it? Yeah, it would it would actually that's sexy. a good idea yeah mm-hmm. so listen um Where's we don't take ourselves too seriously i'm not above anything <laughs> and um are you ready for some football? Are you ready for some football? <laughs> Are you ready for some football? Here we go. Shh, listen. Oh. Oh, thank you very much, Wine oh. for Yoga Lovers. Whoever you are, who that, are you? That was like the zip snap of cuffs going on Axelrod right there. This is produced. Yes, it was. It's very <laughs> cuffy. Uh, this is produced by CMV Farms. CMV Farms? That sounds like a movie company. Whatever that means. MGM. Oh, the artwork is by Lisa Swirling and Ralph Lazar. All right. Really? Uh, it took two people to make that little, like, upside down Gumby character? I'm pouring the wine. Seriously, people, you need to check out this label. It it looks like... Ugh. 
if you're drinking with us here, folks, you can uh, you can go ahead and go to um, wineforyogalovers.com and uh, see what this is all about. Sangiovese Rosé, 2017 Wine for Yoga Lovers from Langhorn Creek, South Australia. Chester, uh, what do we got in the glass here? This is a really nice pale color. It's a beautiful classic pale rosé color. I mean, just... I, I want a polo that's this color to go with my Escalade rims. You know, you, we want to we want to we want to be on a yacht. We want to be. Oh yeah, you know Leonardo. DiCaprio. Da Vinci as well. Da Vinci. Yeah. Imagine Da Vinci's yacht. Leonardo you know? the Ninja Turtle. Oh. Yeah. Now, that, um, guy, that guy wears a yacht. Guys, uh, classic Provence-style style, pale salmon rosé color here. Not much else to say. It just looks beautiful. Well, what Let's is a, what is a classic Provence-style style going to look like? What, what like you, this. What, oh, this is a talk show, man. They can't see this. Yeah, well, it's very, very pale. It almost looks... If you have a little bit of wine in the glass... Uh, it almost looks white at certain angles. It yeah. almost looks... Oh, yeah. There's, there's like a silvery quality to it. Uh, I suppose you actually... You know what? In certain lights, I mean, you L- could be correct. Like some of the edges, you know? Yeah, it's very... It's Like I said, it's pale. Yeah, almost... Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's like a there. spell that would come out of a Harry Potter wand. And it's really like... It's, it's kind of somewhere between orange and pink. I think that means salmon, right? And it's like, you know, almost make it transparent. You know, if you add the transparency feature when you're doing Photoshop... A spell that would come out of a hurry. What would the, what would the spell be? <laughs> Expelliarmus. <laughs> All right, let's smell it. Something romantic, perhaps. Okay, um, we're sniffing this. Oh. It smells like it's going to be dry, which I'm excited about because you know. Okay, what gives it away that it's going to be dry? I don't smell like a lot of f- like fruit. Do you? But what do you smell? I don't know. You know, a hint of kind of you know mineral. Into wet stone, but nothing is it crazy. Like a little riverbed, is that weird to say? Yeah, that's kind of nice. That's, that's very peaceful. Is it? Yeah. yeah well, it's from Langhorn Creek. There's, there's something. Know? There's something like you know. I mean, that's what the creek smells like. like I don't a, know. I've never been there. Well, think about like a you know a Zen garden, and they got that little trickle of water going over. It like kind of smells like a subtle spiritual yeah. version of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, you know what? Listen. I mean, let's meditate on this a little bit. Yeah, we'll do some yoga on this. <laughs> let's, let's not get too let's complicated. Joke. Why don't we just have a little? Let's have a gulp of it because I mean, this wine isn't you know honestly. I think who this is for. This was not meant to be uh, classically analyzed. Let's just give it a pound and see what happens. Oh, 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 hi. Oh. Cheers. We're celebrating. Cheers to Cheers. my downward dog. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Oh, my word. Okay. Goddamn, Chester. If that isn't a delicious rosé. Oh, my deceptive label mm, my word I'm topping up already yes please yeah okay so there's gas in the car here let's uh let's get into this way this tastes um okay so really fresh simple I think as we're swirling a little bit I'm starting to get a little you know character of maybe it's like some salmon berry some just delicate some salmon berry yeah delicate gooseberry I, what's a salmon berry tomatillo no. I don't know these words. I don't know. Google it. Uh, I you have fingers. I, I need them. Like I've never had a salmon berry. Look it up. What? Well, looking it up and like looking at a picture of it's not going to help me. Actually, it will. Well, you need to taste these things to understand. Salmon berries. Okay. They look like little orange raspberries. Do they taste like orange raspberries? More or less. Now, when we say orange, do you mean do we mean like? Like orange of the fruit? God, you ask a lot of questions. Well, you, I, 
imagine someone listening to this talk show and they're like, what, what the hell's a salmonberry? Well, I don't know what a salmonberry is. Hey, Google it. You're sitting in front of a bloody MacBook okay, Google, Pro silver Google, wingtip Google has, shoe. Google has web images, books. It does not have the taste thing where you can lick your computer and be like, oh, that's what... How fucking stupid are you? Google it and fucking look at it and use your imagination. That is the worst advice ever with regards to taste. People are always... I've got a little prosciutto in my mouth now. Now, let's stay on the rosé here. He's just steamrolling my, mm. my problems with gooseberry and guzzleberry and... Salmon, Chester. Salmon this wine is called wine for yoga lovers. Are, are you saying is that like a built-in assumption that all people who do yoga know what a salmon berry is and a gooseberry? Talk to me, goose. <laughs> no, I I really don't know what a salmon berry tastes like. It's like it's like listen. Is it like a ra- if a raspberry and an orange had, had like had. Intimate relations. A salmonberry almost, you know how a raspberry, it's not like a bursting fruit. It's like generally quite crunchy, quite fresh. It's not like a sickly sweet kind of fruit. Well, it depends. High what, water content it de- often. Just stay with me here, okay? Salmonberry, like, yeah, it's like like a more orange kind of, you know, tinged, like let's say, uh, you know, delicate apricot or tangerine. Kind of tangerine mixed with a raspberry. Boom, there you go. Okay, that, that's, and, but, but like, that's but like something I can get back. on board with. Yeah. But like I've not, it, it it's kind of like if I were like oh well you know it's kind of like William James's definition of morality in in the you know the varieties of religious experience. I would understand that perfectly. You haven't read it. Doesn't matter. You only know it because I talk about that book a lot. I would use my inferences. Guess what I would do? I'd Google it because that's the age we live in. Yeah, well that works with Google because Google is mostly text and images. It's not. Maybe I'd read it. You can't, Google's not going to like spray a little spray at you and be like, oh, that's what that Maybe smells like. Maybe you could, you know, put the podcast on pause or listen to episode six or episode five, go out and find a salmonberry then come back and do it again. Oh, 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 oh I'm just going to go find a salmonberry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go to like the original Whole Foods to find a salmonberry. The original, the original Trader Joe's. <laughs> I was having some pecorino cheese and um, got a little charcuterie in front of us and it's just making a wonderful match for this side uh, this rosé. So what about gooseberry? Gooseberry, more tart, high acid, a little more pungent. If it was a combination of two other fruits, what would you say? A gooseberry? Yeah, something I can relate with. Like when you said tangerine and raspberry, I'm like, okay, now I can kind of get my head sure. around what a salmonberry is. Roughly, yeah. R- very uh, roughly. A gooseberry? What would you say a gooseberry would be a combination of? Well, I don't know. I haven't tasted a gooseberry. Gooseberry would be a combination of, let's say... Um, Some duck and chicken? <laughs> well, you're in the ballpark in the sense that you know, those are organic materials you know, belonging <laughs> to the planet Earth. Um, I'm just thinking goose, you know. Goose, yeah, that's interesting. Or um, maybe turkey and duck. Gooseberry is an orange-colored berry. Uh, quite tart. Very, very tart. I'd say if you combined like a... Um, like an unripened kumquat with a green tomato, you'd have something like a gooseberry. Oh, whoa. And, and a lemon or a lime, you know, like citrus. Ooh. Maybe maybe a little, you know, I guess a kumquat is citrus technically, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Kumquat? Do you know anything? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not today. Not today. Steven's giving Chester the gears on the show oh. today. Oh, my word. Oh, oh my word. Oh, the um, uneducated foil. Yeah. 
Chester broke his hands last week. I broke them actually before this episode, so he's incapable of Googling anything. I'm, I'm drinking this this wine through a straw. Do you like this wine? Mm, I haven't actually thought about that. <laughs> I've been too hung up on your, your highfalutin language descriptors. That was just a shit test. You failed. You should have some of this prosciutto, man. It's like thick cut prosciutto. I'm still meditating on this wine in my imaginary Zen garden. I just hopped right into the yoga bit. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sangiovese. Um, let's talk about that for half a second. Oh, Sangiovese is one of my favorite grapes. Chester knows something about Sangiovese. You know what? I'm just I'm just gonna drink this wine and eat some prosciutto. Mm. You, you, please carry on. But no, oh. Sangiovese is one of my favorite grapes simply because of the etymology of the word Sangiovese. But that's not going to tell me what it tastes like, is it? Uh, depends. Have you have you bitten a god lately? <laughs> well, if you must know. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, uh, let's hear about the etymology of Sangiovese. So Sangiovese, you know, for those of you who might know a little French or, or Latin, you might be mm. on track with the fact that it has something to do with blood. If you think of sanguine. So Sangiovese means the blood of Jove. Jove being the Roman equivalent of Zeus. Whoa, the blood of God. Wow. Let's drink it. Do they call him Job sometimes? No, that's a that's that he's late he's later on. Job? Well, not later on. He's just in a different part of the Mediterranean. Job, Job, Gob, Gob, God. I yeah. think I made a connection. Yahweh. Yahweh. <laughs> Blood of Yahweh. Yahweh. All right. Now, um, Sangiovese, uh, typically, you know, most famous for being the dominant uh, red grape varietal grown uh, in the Chianti region. In a lot of Tuscany, a lot of parts of Tuscany, other parts of Italy as well, other parts of the world also, but um, mm. definitely, you know, at home in Tuscany. Um, Sangiovese, known for being a relatively, you know, high acid producing red grape varietal, which to me makes it a really an ideal candidate for, for rosé. Uh, that it, natural acidity, you know, acidity is thirst quenching, it's refreshing. It's parable. Is Sangiovese often made, or is rosé often made with Sangiovese? Because I feel like I haven't, I haven't seen this. It is in Italy. This is from Australia. Huh. Now you know this is what I love about the New World, uh, New World wine regions is that, you know, you can have these areas where you've got Merlot, Cabernet, Syrah, Sangiovese, Nebbiolo. You know, weird varietals. I love the word that, Nebbiolo. Oh no, isn't it nice? Oh, it just rolls off the tongue. It's like mellifluous. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta wonder. You know, mellifluous. Somebody, you know, you think of South Australia. You think about Shiraz. You know, Adelaide. You think mm-hmm. about Shiraz, maybe Cabernet, um, maybe some Merlot. You know, I've never been to Australia. Neither have I. But having having drank a, a fair amount of the the red wine from those regions. I just Which regions? You know, the the big island down there. Oh, Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia is, uh, you know, it's, it's bigger than 
France, bigger than Spain, bigger than Germany, All right, well, bigger gonna, than Portugal. I'm going to put my uneducated foot in my mouth. Bigger than California. So uh, is that would you consider that a region or would you consider it a continent? Yeah, both. Do you think it's fair that we don't consider Spain a wine region, but we consider Australia a wine region? I, I'm asking you seriously. I have my mouth full. Well, well fair, meat and cheese here. Fair is an interesting word to throw in there. I mean, mm-hmm. who are we being unfair to? Like, I'm, it's it's of no consequence to me. But it is as, as long as we can figure out what the what it's the of hell, no consequence. What the hell we're talking about in terms of location? What's the matter if you call it a region? Because you wouldn't say, "Oh, it's a Spanish wine." I mean, you might, but it wouldn't give you. Wouldn't be very accurate because there's so many, you know, determined variants in style. Okay, well, I was thinking Spain. Of like- and Australia is bigger than Spain, so when people say, "Oh, you know, Australian style wines," I find it a little offensive because it's like you have a bigger, you basically have Western Europe, the size of Western Europe, you know, going across as far as you know longitude goes, and. It's like, and we're just going to say, we're just going to blanket it all as Australia? I mean, that's a bunch of bullshit. Well, That's not I, fair. I'm not really well educated in terms of like... What? I'm not going after you. I'm going after... You're not the only one who says that kind of stuff. But I think it's a common sentiment amongst the consumers to say, oh, Australia is Australia. Well, ignorance is a common sentiment. <laughs> Let's look at this. I mean, listen, we, we came to this wine here. It's got a goofy-ass label that doesn't mean wine for yoga lovers. What the hell does that even mean? I think it's a little bit offensive, to be honest with you. Because this is a wine for wine lovers, in my opinion. Hmm. This is a really sound wine. This is a beautiful example of a rosé. This costs us $15 in the BC liquor store in the fridge, which, you know, they used to charge for. Now they don't. They've wisened up and become a little more benevolent. But uh, this was basically, the, I think, the cheapest, maybe the second or third cheapest rosé in the store. Um I think I agree with you. I think and this is insulting both wine lovers and yoga lovers. I agree with you. I think uh, so. We're not really we're not really stoked in this whole label concept, but the wine is very, very good, very, yeah. very good. And people really need to up their game in terms of the labels. Like, what are you doing, people? I mean, they haven't genderized it, so we'll give them that. You know, they haven't genderized this label. Um, but I mean, what? Like, you know, really, like, like. A wine for yoga lovers? Does that say anything? I think this is a sad, kind of a sad and sorry attempt at playful marketing. Although, I can see a good hunk of individuals, you know, around the world kind of think this is cutesy or funny and buying it anyway. I guess if you do yoga, if you practice yoga, why wouldn't you buy this? If you want to drink rosé. I don't know, I've never done yoga. Well, you know. Would you have bought this if I wasn't there? No. Why not? Well, it just doesn't look like it's taking itself seriously. Do you take yourself seriously? Well, I'm not buying myself. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't take myself seriously because it's entertaining and it makes life more... Well, it makes life far more enjoyable. So are you saying, for you personally, Chester, um, and I want your opinion... Are you saying you would prefer to buy, let's say you wanted to buy drink rosé, you'd prefer to buy something that looks like it took itself a little more seriously? Mm-hmm. Because you think that that seriousness would be equated to the winemaking process and the style of the wine and ultimately the flavor and your enjoyment of it? Perhaps. Well, you know, 
this whole label thing is is such a reoccurring nightmare but an interesting topic for sure but i, I say nightmare because it it's just so misleading when you get some some it's a bit of a shit show out there yeah well particularly when you get, have a label that's clearly clearly designed by some marketing team mm-hmm. that probably doesn't know too much about wine that's just been hired by a vineyard or a producer or whatever you ha- what what have you and it, and you know if you're going to make a wine and it's going to you've turned out a good wine that you should, clearly clearly whoever made this has reason to be proud of what they've done i agree i mean this probably like, costs 2 or 3 bucks in australia i don't really know what their pricing's like actually i heard things are more expensive in australia in general but uh I mean, this is this is fifteen dollars in British Columbia with all taxes in, you know, on the shelf. That's, you know, to me, you know, I've had rosé for double the price from all over the world. This is an unconventional region for it and an unconventional varietal for this region especially. Mm-hmm. So that definitely knocks the price down a little bit. But I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, even if it was not difficult to produce, even if the the producer didn't really have to put much work or thought into it, yeah. and still produce, it doesn't this, matter. Which is really nice, you know. I would want to take some pride into it, mm-hmm. and I'd want to demonstrate that pride with how how it looks in the in the store. You know, but here's a, here's a here's another question. So let's look at this for a second. Let's consider what would this particular producer be up against? They have produced a rosé from Sangiovese. Oh, gosh, I have no idea. From Langhorn Creek in South Australia. So not a really super well-known appellation. Uh, not an area that's known for rosé. Not a varietal that's known for rosé from that area. Doesn't this mean they have no competition? <laughs> they may have no competition, but they also have no frame of reference, and they have no corroboration in the market. So... I think they've got to be thinking, who the hell is going to take this rosé seriously? Because no one has a frame of reference for it. No one's going to... So what are we going to do to make it attractive? And I think that's one of the reasons they've kind of come to this little cutesy little marketing label. I mean... Let's see what's on the back. Read read me a little bit what's in the back, oh, Chester. Oh, gosh. It just gets worse. <laughs> it's worse than we thought. <laughs> it is worse than we thought. Talk to me. Sangiovese Rosé 2017. Live life in balance. You know what? It's a balanced wine. I'm thinking... I'm thinking... I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here. Throwing it at the wall. (laughs) I'm thinking wine for Tai Chi lovers now. (laughs) I'm eating an avocado now. (laughs) Live life Mm. in balance. Laugh. Eat cake. Think more. Talk less. Smile at a stranger. Appreciate what you have. Eat cheese. Read books. Be considerate. Use your manners. Drink wine with friends. Do something that scares you every day. Unplug for a day. Have fun. Do yoga. Drink wine. I actually think this is a pretty good... These are pretty good rules for living. This is like something you see on the side of like a coffee mug. I know. In in one of those frou-frou stores. Or a Lululemon ad. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) I can't go there. We both use our veto cards. (laughs) And then underneath, no, seriously, underneath in much smaller print, it says "fresh and crisp" with hints of raspberry, light and refreshing style. Serve me chilled. This is like, <laughs> have you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, no, it's uh, Restaurant at the End of the Universe. It's like one of the sequels. 
No. <laughs> at the restaurant of the end of the universe. I can't remember the characters' names, but they're sitting at the table, and this cow walks out. <laughs> and this cow can speak, and the speak <laughs> the cow's like, which part of me would you like to eat? <laughs> he's like, my he says something like, my rump is doing particularly well. I'm about to be slaughtered, so let me know which one, and I'll tell the chef. Oh, that's incredible. And um, oh, I wish That's I taking the steakhouse to the next level. I know, right? It's mm. disgusting. But can you... Hmm. I just ate half an avocado. That's what happened with this wine. This wine is like, serve me chilled and then drink me. With some this goat is, cheese. I see what you're saying. This is like some... The wine has a personality, but I mean... This listen. is like a Hannibal fan who's like writing him. <laughs> <laughs> serve me oh, chilled when you word. get me. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Fava beans, anyone? <laughs> yeah, it's a nice candy. Um, <laughs> Appropriate. It's certainly. San Giovese. That's right. <laughs> now, I mean, full circle. I know. Listen, uh, let's 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 get back into the wine for a second. Let's back the truck up. Um, I've been we've been nibbling away on some nibbly bits here. We've had some uh, thick cut prosciutto. We've had some pecorino cheese. Um, a little bit of chevre. This does have nice acid to it. Cornichons on the table. I just ate half an avocado. I thought it was yoga friendly. Yogurt friendly? Yoga. Oh. The yoga diet, you know? Avocados. I feel like it kind of avocado toast, yoga. You know, I've never I've never been to yoga, but I always picture like someone bringing their yoga mat, their their oversized plastic water bottle that's BPA free or something. Yeah, how can you drink all that water? And then they just have an avocado that they bring with them. Right. Well exactly. So that's what kind of And a butter knife. (laughs) That's why I thought we should Is that to eat butter with? <laughs> no, no, that's for the avocado. What about grass-fed butter? Where is that from? It's kind of a hot thing. People are eating grass-fed butter. No, oh, that's like that's like a year or two old now. Isn't They're it? microdosing and stuff, and having grass-fed butter. And that's oh, kind of yeah, all they have do. Have you heard about this new thing where they they've started to they take little little traces of LSD, they put it through a paper shredder, and then they mix it in with their grass-fed butter. This is what this show is all about. And. <laughs> You know, avocado toast, they're going to start microdosing, you know, a little psilocybin in there. Makes you more productive, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a hipster coder working in Gastown. I like that. Um, I'll have my avocado toast with just a hint of psilocybin, please. I like that, uh, you know, from uh, Steely Dan, that album, Two Against Nature, they had. I haven't listened to that whole album. They released it in 2000, 20 years after they released Gaucho in 1980. And they had a really wonderful song. Can you go song. full Patrick Bateman when you talk about albums? They had a really <laughs> they had a really wonderful song on this on the album Two Against Nature called Jack of Speed. I was reading an interview with Walter Becker and Donald Fagan of Steely Dan, and uh, they were asked about the name of the song, the title Jack of Speed, and Walter simply said, "Well, it rang a little truer than the Duke of Psilocybin." <laughs> I thought that was a nice moment, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, but um, I wonder what Donald Fagan would drink. Donald Fagan, um, probably a Mars. Donald, can you tell us? Probably a warm Sprite and a Mars bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, aged in French oak. That's right. But I digress. Um, Okay, like, I mean, it's clear that we love this wine. Mm. So it says it also has two little stickers on it. Wine State Magazine Best Value Buys. Is that supposed to be Wine Estate or Wine State? I can't. It's like kind of a play on oh, words. Oh, technically, it just says Wines Tate. Wine. <laughs> no, no. Wine State. 
Is it I wine, don't know. Wine's Tate. That's an also another <laughs> option. <laughs> or it could be it could be Win Estate. Yeah. Have you thought about that? You know, some linguistic puns just they go too far because there's too many possibilities, and then you're like, I don't know. Like this in this. I'm case. just swimming in quicksand here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the other the other the other sticker is also W I N E S T A T E, and it says four stars. The pecorino is very salty. You know, you don't. The sticker only has space for four stars, so I'm I'm led to believe that it's the maximum number of stars you can get. You'd think five stars would be the maximum, but you couldn't fit another star on the sticker. What would you rather have? Four bigger stars or five smaller stars? I just want one. It's in the one mirror, star, baby. gold star. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know. So, I mean, listen. How many stars would you give this? Like out out of how how many? Well, that's the question. What if we redefine it? We just said one star. Yeah, you either get a star or you don't get a gold star. Gold star. You get a gold. This wine gets a gold star. I say the wine gets a gold star. Who doesn't get a gold star? Hold on. Let me dive in for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> let's dive into the subject. I shouldn't pour myself first, but I was lower on gas. This is really nice wine. Well, as they say. Hey, this is my old Chablisienne corkscrew. Oh, did I steal that from you? You did, but I'm so happy that you have it. Oh, I was, I was just making sure it was safe. I know? love this thing. I was afraid you were going to lose it at, uh, you know. It's got a nice sharp blade. travels. Oh, my word. You know, I think I could redesign. I think I remember giving this to you. Oh, well, there you go. I'm mm. glad you remember these things. I have... Me too. I have no idea where this came from. <laughs> well, I know, now you know. Um, I mean, we're three quarters through the way, this rosé, <sighs> half an hour. Clearly we are. I mean, seriously, I, honestly, I would, um, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't I, care what restaurant I worked in, I would put this wine on the list because it's a unique, it's a unique area for this style of wine and it's just delivers. It's a little strange in terms of varietal in place, but it it's just fantastic. I kind of like the fact that, you know, by putting it in front of someone, if you were a serious wine person, they would kind of judge you because it's like, okay, well, the values of this producer are X, Y, Z based on their label, and it's so stupid, and it's so this, and it's so that. And it's like, well, you know what? Is there wine in the glass? Yes, there's wine in the glass. Is there quality in the bottle? Yes, there's quality in the bottle. End of story. Yeah, how, how are we sure of that? Can we, can we just dive into like, how do we know it's good? Well, yeah, because I, I I just drink it and I'm like, yes, gold star. But right, if if we could unpack that a little bit, what 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 would we say about it? I mean, clearly, you know, the the back of the label does not really hit the nail on the head. If I read fresh and crisp with hints of raspberry, light and refreshing styles, serve me chilled, I'd think. Mm. Maybe there's some weird kinky stuff going on here. Well, that's one of the reasons I thought, you know, let's, I mean, Kayla, let's talk about rosé for a second, in general. Sure, because I don't, I don't know anything. Oh, this is 12.5%, by the way. 12.5%? Yeah. Alcohol. Oh. Okay. (laughs) There's 12.5% left in the bottle. (laughs) I think there's actually about that. Yeah, that's not right. So, listen, okay, I guess I just want to say something quickly. So, CMV Group. Huh? They're the producer of this wine, is that correct? 
it looks like it. Okay. So let's on Milang Road. All right, guys. So <laughs> stick with me here. CMV Group. Uh, you go to cmv.com.au. Sounds like a place where you wait in line forever. The CMV Group, uh, you've got some sub kind of uh, a menu here. You got CMV Group, About Us, Board of Directors, CMV Safe, CMV People, CMV Group Foundations. You got CMV Automotive. Yeah, exactly. That's you got CMV that, Trucks. That's where you wait forever. And then you got CMV Farms, Almonds, Pistachios, Grapes. This is a huge, huge what company. What are we talking about? They have automotive stuff? Yeah. And you know what? This is actually, I'm actually happy to see this. They produce cars? Adelaide City Jeep, CMI Toyota, Lexus of Adelaide. Is this like the Amazon of Australia? and Unley, Southside Suzuki. I think they have dealerships, literally. What? Yeah. Do they... Is is this what they do? They get their potential buyers drunk. I'm like, here, have a car and a bottle of wine. Chester, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a small fortune in the wine business, start with a large fortune. That that's the space industry, man. And the wine industry. Welcome to the club, space industry. <laughs> now, Elon listen. Musk proving them wrong one launch at a time. The space force. It's on its way. Skynet coming online <laughs> near a theater. You but let, let's let's get serious here for a second. I mean, um, apparently we spoke about this uh, in the past. Oh, they have a Shiraz wine lovers for wine lovers wine for yoga lovers. They have a Shiraz as well. We have not done a, a Shiraz or Shiraz yet. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> Just impatient. <laughs> uh, um, Okay, so CMV Farms, they actually break down. They have a they have a little wheel, a little what do they call these wheels? These little cake wheels. Right, let me pie, look. Pie 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 diagrams. They have 350 pie chart. Pie chart. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> I've been out of the corporate world for a few too many years oh, yeah. now. Yeah. How'd yeah. you do in statistics? <laughs> so, what statistics? <laughs> um, so the CMV group, they actually have a pie chart breaking down what they farm. They farm to my eye, three different things. Trucks and cars? They have 356 hectares of wine grapes. They have 220 hectares of pistachios. And they have 810 hectares of almonds. Man, they really they really have a diversified portfolio, huh? Yeah, three crops. Um, multiple regions in Australia. Not just trucks and wine. They have four properties. This is really fascinating. I think this is um, two properties in Victoria, two properties in South Australia. I think this is like, you know, this is big business here. And clearly that's not attractive to a lot of wine professionals. A lot of wine professionals are really turned off by that. But to me, uh, what this big business allows well, it's like for. The, it's, it, 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 it smacks of the opposite of artisan. It does. Or artisanal something or other. But again, you, I you have one, like, one passionate sort of slaving character at the heart of some operation who's struggling at the beginning but making some beautiful thing this is reminding me of like this cannonball episode we did you know that cabernet sauvignon from california yeah except this actually has like you know this actually has an appellation to it which is very specific Mm -hmm. Langhorn creek it's not like a small area listen Um, to cannonball did you say cannonball (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you said Cannonball. Oh, I, oh my word. When I think of Cannonball, I just think of like a, a wine company that's cannibalizing different parts of California grapes. <laughs> just... <laughs> and just and just putting them in a giant vat and then and then just diving right in being oh like word. what are we gonna get this time mm. well it's different so let's let's add some of this and a little bit of that and we'll, we'll have a stable product again <laughs> is, is that cruel mm. i mean maybe that's not the case you know i just took a whack of goat cheese <laughs> chevro and um you know when you have a chunk of goat cheese it can be kind of sticky in your mouth this wine and goat cheese is a high acid cheese. This wine really cleanses it. It just like clears your palate of the chevre. And it's a delicious combination. I mean, I'm, I'm trying it right now. I'm used to having muscadet or sancerre with, uh, with goat chevre. This is like having pomade in my mouth. It is. Yeah. Wait, wait till you. Wait, whoa. Oh, that's like shaking an etch a sketch. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Folks, I, I'm in a genuine state that's of... Uh, that's a phenomenal way to... Oh, my God. Just co- Like, the goat cheese just coats your whole mouth. Like See, Chester, I just want to say, you know, on the show here, you know, we like to give each other a lot of shit. I like to give you a lot of shit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a bitch. You know, I'm, I'm easily... I'm easily shaken. I'm easily offended. I'm easily perturbed. I'm easily I know, aggravated. I'm really good at that. And you know that. Um... But I mean, when you, you know, you say things like that. It's this just, is like licking George Michael's hair. You know, you put this goat cheese. Could in you there. go a step further on that? Well, just imagine how much product is in that stuff. Have you seen the video for Careless Whisper? I just want to say, folks. So, uh, Chester's just described uh, a wine pairing as no, no, akin to no, no, just the goat cheese. The goat cheese. He's, he's, he's described eating goat cheese to licking George Michael's hair. <laughs> And please reference the first part of this episode where there was about a 10-minute conversation on, you know, the exact kind of characteristic of a salmon berry. Okay. More people are going to know what, who George Michael is and what's going on with his hair than knowing what a salmon berry is. You're saying more people have licked George Michael's hair than eaten a salmon berry. No, no. More people are going to know who George Michael is. That wasn't and, what you suggested, and, though. No, no. You didn't say this. this well, you, you I'm, did, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm clarifying. No, no, you stop right there. I know. I'm clarifying. Stop. Listen. I am you not, said. I am not a your, dog hey, to whoa, heal whoa, whoa, here. Whoa. Your words. Your words were this <sighs> This goat cheese. Eating this goat cheese is like licking George Michael's hair. Your yeah, words were not. Your words were not. This goat cheese is like knowing who George Michael is. The... Which you is what you're arguing. You're no, not, you're you're not, didn't, you didn't let me finish that you're second not, sentence. It doesn't matter. You're now arguing that more people know. Oh you're saying, God. oh my word. You're arguing that more people more people knowing who George Michael is is superior to than have tasted a salmonberry? Even knowing what a salmonberry is. My, th- what I was trying to say before you so eagerly. I was happy to interrupt you. <laughs> interrupt me. Is that one of my favorite pastimes? Mo- more people are going to know who George Michael is and what's going on with his hair, or was when, for example, circa you know, Careless Whisper. Great song. That he was clearly using quite a bit of product in his hair. I should have said like Whitney Houston circa. Nobody's licked George Michael's hair, that you know. <laughs> I'm positive someone has. Someone definitely has. I'm just thinking of someone with like clearly has a ridiculous amount of product in their, in their More hair. people have tasted a salmonberry than like George Michael's hair. I will guarantee that personally, folks. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, an avocado again. No, no. I, <laughs> I'm not saying that's wrong, but you're, you're misunderstanding what I was trying to say. 
Am I? Like, it's easier <laughs> to imagine licking some hair that has a lot of product in it okay, okay. than knowing what a bloody salmon berry it's tastes like. It's easier to imagine licking George Michael's hair than it is to imagine licking a salmon berry. No, to eating a salmon berry when there's no frame of reference with a salmon berry. Okay. Unless you say tangerine and like uh-huh. early, okay. early, not totally ripe raspberry, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I can imagine those two things because I've had them. Whereas, like, everyone's used hair product, or everyone has some experience about what hair product is. You know, maybe pomade's going a little far, but... Oh, my gosh. Such a tangent. This is like the never-ending tentacle right here. Tangerine. (laughs) Tangerine. Mixed with a raspberry. Yeah, you put a little goat cheese in your mouth, and it's like... Licking George Michael's hair. (laughs) His pomade-soaked hair. (laughs) Apparently. It's like soft chalk. It just gets all over your mouth. That's a well, well, well put way of stating it. Soft and, chalk. And then you introduce this lovely... Wine for yoga lovers. Rose. Sangiovese Rosé, 2017 from Langhorn Creek, South Australia. And what happens? It's, like I said before, it's like shaking an Etch-a-Sketch. That's beautiful. All of that chalkiness just dissolves. And the two tastes combined are actually really nice. Very pleasant tastes. The... The dissolved goat cheese actually asks uh, or lends some like more viscosity to the wine, mm-hmm. makes it a little thicker. Yeah, well, it's emulsifier really, and it rolls around on the tongue the a, a little thicker, kind of like a kind of like a you know more like a heavier red wine would. At least in terms of like, it gives it a little more body. You know? Exactly. I mean, the two combined, right? I mean, of course it does. And I think you know, mild flavors and just plain chevre. A very, you know, like I said, we describe, ra- you know, underripe, you know, kind of, you know, almost ripe raspberries, salmon berries, you know, very relatively fresh, you know, not unsweet, you know, crunchy fruits. Um, I well-matched think- intensities of flavors in those two uh, elements and a beautiful, beautiful little lunch we're having here. And it's not even noon. <laughs> Should we really be telling people that? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I, I really The early bird gets the rosé. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That's right. I, I, yeah. I, I think George Michael would probably enjoy this wine. You know what? May it, he rest in peace. I think anyone would be hard-pressed not to enjoy this if they were, if they were totally honest with themselves. And I the, agree. And the way to be totally honest with yourself, this is a little thought experiment that I've had over the last few days, Let's talk. Imagine being in maximum security prison in isolation for six months. Of course, you can't imagine that because that's ridiculous. And what it does to the Unless human mind Lecter. is not only... Was he ever in isolation? Well, it doesn't matter. He's a oh, fictional like character. Eight years. Well, he wasn't in isolation. He had some crazies to down the to. Down the hall, yeah. That's not isolation. Isolation is like you can't hear anything. You don't have contact with anyone. Okay, you're correct. I stand corrected. You have to like play chess in your head. Anyways, that's fascinating. Well, apparently it's terrible for the human mind. You go crazy. Um, aren't you already crazy? Isn't that why you're there? I can't believe they let you into this place to do this talk show. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> but uh, no, no. To go back, what I was trying to say is like. To be honest with yourself about whether you're, this might play into some of the topics that you're you're writing about, in in your current project is, yeah. 
how, how can you enjoy something no matter what? No matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the situation, no matter what the what you're doing, whether whether it be a roller coaster or whether it be a glass of wine that you think you probably don't like, maybe. Well, maybe probably you can change your perspective in a way that'll allow you to enjoy it and find something good in it. What do that, I need to do? Well, that's why I, li- I like this idea of, you know, think of one of the worst situations that we institutionalize as a, as a human species, is, which is maximum, you know, maximum security isolation. It's a terrible thing to do to a human, no matter what they've done. And it's certainly not going to help them. Um, you know, just imagine yourself in that sort of situation. Imagine, you know, most people have seen Shawshank Redemption. Think of Andy in isolation down there for like a month and, you know, he's going a little batshit crazy. And then you have a glass of rosé after a month or two of that. Are you not going to enjoy that? Are you kidding me? If you if you can't figure out a way to enjoy something, you're probably being a little fat with your life. You know, take, take some advice from Seneca and wear some wear some rags for a couple of weeks. Or just, or just a couple of days, you know. Eat, eat just rice and and sleep on a hardwood floor, you know. Get yourself uncomfortable so that you can appreciate what's what's in front of you on a daily basis, instead of being like, oh, this isn't my preference. I'm like, well, you know what? I couldn't agree with you more, Chester. I mean, and that's why we do this together. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting off on a little bit of a no. It's a beautiful tangent. A, a it's, a, it's, it's, it's actually important, and I think that's really what we're talking about here is. You know, we we've done a little research in this company here. We know they're big. We know it's kind of mechanized. We know it's well. J- just to circle back and finish my point is that yeah, please. I'm glad you bought this wine. Me too. Because looking at this wine, I would I would not buy this wine unless I was in certain company that makes me feel a little. The, the company that I'm I'm thinking of makes me feel a little bit silly and ridiculous. Then I would be like, oh, let's get this because I'm just in that kind of mood and it brings out. A rare part of my personality, mm-hmm. but usually, like if I was in the liquor store alone, looking around, I wouldn't even glance twice at this. I wouldn't buy it either. Why did you buy it then? Because I wouldn't buy it. Hmm. See now, people, that's a fascinating freaking thing to do. And you know what? I also it actually it speaks to what it says on the bottle. You know. It says... Uh, <laughs> it's actually nice. I really <laughs> like it. This is fantastic. I can't really argue with this it. This is just full of loops. Do something that scares you every day. <laughs> this label scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. It's just... it's. Uh, yeah, it scares the shit out of you because it's clearly not... doesn't take itself all that seriously. And then you question what's in the bottle because of it's it. It's not who I am. You know? I, uh, I don't value the... The idea behind this label, I think, it's so stupid. But isn't that isn't that part of the lesson? It's not who you are. But if you try something that's not who you are, then you can become more than who you are. Ooh, that's deep. Very mm. well said. Mm-hmm. Deep thoughts with Jack Handy. <laughs> Jack, I don't, is that a reference? I don't, I don't know that one. Oh, he's the guy. You should look him up. Jack Handy. Doctor Google. Oh, he's willing to Google Jack Handy, but he wouldn't Google a salmonberry. It's it's a mode of sense sensory perception. <laughs> Google cannot give me a taste. It can give me words and images that's in made and sounds and that's it. It only has like it can only talk to me through two senses. Are you listening, Alexa? Oh god. Oh my word. 
my dad has an Alexa, but it's like outdated. It's a few years old, so it's. How long has she been? Around? How old is Alexa? She's you know she's she's past her terrible twos. I hear she's beyond her years. <laughs> oh, Jack mm. Han- Jack Handy's an American humorist known mm-hmm. for his deep thought. Oh, okay, yeah. A large body of surrealistic one-liner jokes, as well as his funny memories and my big, thick novel shorts, and for his deadpan delivery. Mm. Yeah, this sounds like a guy you'd like. Let's see, 24... <laughs> <laughs> He's 20, kind of a Stephen Wright ass. 24 thought, deep thoughts by Jack Handy. I'm just going to read one or two. Let's hear a few of these. Um, number 20... Oh, they're listed backwards. Let's Perfect. Go, let's go with number 21. For mad scientists who keep brains in jars, here's a tip. Why not add a slice of a lemon to each jar for fresh? <laughs> oh, let me ask. Let me say that again without laughing. For mad scientists who keep brains in jars, here's a tip. Why not add a slice of lemon to each jar? You know, for freshness. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> or you know, why not a little bit of brain and some rosé? <laughs> there you go. I mean, they're the same color. We were talking about cannibals. Actually, earlier, wait. Weren't we? Are the brains are they are they pink or gray? Uh, well, I took a neuroscience course earlier. When, what do they actually look like? When, well, when they're demonstrated in a classroom, they're kind of beige, beige gray. But I don't know what a fresh brain looks like. Hmm. I'm not sure I want to know. It's probably quite red, you know, there's blood. Yeah. Maybe <sighs> maybe we could say this for like, you know, when we have like a nice Tanat or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or how about a Chianti? How about a Chianti? That's more for liver, you know. Fava beans. Fava beans. <laughs> <laughs> My word. Now, um, Chester, I think we've, you know, we've finished the bottle here, or we're in the process of finishing. There's no more wine oh, in the bottle. 0.01% now. Mm. Oh, never mind. Zero. Straight from the bottle. <laughs> mm. But, uh, I mean, we've gotten out of our intellectual comfort zone by drinking this wine. Have we not? I, we've definitely, we've definitely pulled some loops around the track. Now, what I like about this, what sets this wine apart from other wines in its category as far as being branding label nike wines uh the wines you know are from a distinctive property like they're talking about langhorn creek this group has one property from lang in langhorn creek where they grow wine grapes it's impressive that such a large, diversified company is so honest with what they're doing with this it, single product. I mean, uh, okay, if I can, what is this? Please do. I think they have other one. Can't other, stop uh, you. It anyway. looks like they have other labels as well, but I can't really tell. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, CMV, can you contact us and let us know what? Shearer's the Hill. Going on? Okay, Shearer's Hill. Looks like they have another wine brand. Mm. Oh my word! This is on Chinese. <laughs> Okay, Shearer's Hill. Yeah, it looks like a pretty major brand. It's This is a pretty dated website. Go to shearer.com.cn. That must be China. It looks like they made a line of wines for China. So, I mean, these, these are these are shrewd business people, it looks like, um, which I'm okay with. I mean, I wouldn't uh, have as much faith in their you know, their Cabernet Sauvignon and their Shiraz, but, you well, know. We should try them. I don't know if we can get them here, but. We'll uh, challenge your, mis- we'll just go to Australia. We should do that. Hey, can you invite us down there? <laughs> CMV group, um, we're really pretty Instagram models. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the rosé. Yeah, definitely. We say it's it's banging. We buy it again. I'd say if you're uh, if you're hanging out in you know East Van, you know you're uh, you're strapped for cash, right. but you feel Call like us up. getting a little buzz on. 
Oh, you're talking about uh, listeners in general. Actually, or, or anyone from CMV Group, if you're, if, you're, yeah. if you're in town, call us up. I mean, whoever is representing you, they've got good distribution in, uh, in Kingsgate Mall, GLS. <laughs> who knows who Chester is, but call up Steven. Call me up. It's uh, 604-360-3773. Oh, I'm not sure you should do that. Well, there's nobody listening, so, you know. Well, not if, yet, anyway. That's all right. Blow my phone up. Uh, yeah, it's almost broken anyway. You might as well coup de gras it with a few phone calls. Do it now. So, um, we say thanks to the rosé. Uh, tasty stuff. Yeah, uh, bravo. Well made. Bravo. Thanks for, you know what, listen, we know it doesn't take <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to be more honest than the next producer, but you guys seem like you're, you know, we've got some successful businesses running. Um, we appreciate your transparency. I, I like to imagine that there's, there's a single, per, maybe, maybe a single mind or two that are at the heart of making this wine. And maybe their names are lost in the in the giant company that's that's going on here. But there's there's someone who who put some effort into this wine and and some thought and you know put it together. And whoever you are, thank you. This is lovely. Well, you know, I just went to. Uh, oh, do we have a name? Can we can we actually? Well, I went to wine for yoga. I just went, you know, taking it's taken me, you know, almost an hour to get here, but I've just gone to wineforyogalovers.com. I thought you started there. No, I started on the CMV group website. Oh, Oh, my word. Well, give us the lowdown. They have a section called the movement. Uh oh. And, you know, this is kind of, you know, I'm always skeptical of movements. This is, (laughs) we there, we are. This is kind of, you know, cannonball esque, you know, useless stuff. All right, Creative Studio, Lisa Swirling, Ralph Lazar, whatever. Isn't that the, the cartoon makers? CMV Farms, Agricultural Division of CMV Group. Family-owned and operated South Australian business since 1934. Oh, whoa. That's they, some, have, they have one, like I said, they have one property. It's some 300 old hectares, whatever it is. 1934? Yeah. yeah. Significant contract grape growers since 1998. Cool. Harold, the star. That's just the character. Uh, Peter Pollard is the winemaker at a young age. Peter developed a love for the wine industry after studying a winemaking degree there at the University go. of Adelaide. There we go. Peter went on to work for major wineries throughout South Australia and even worked to vintage abroad in Sonoma Valley, California in 2001. Uh-huh. Following his travels, Peter joined Langhorn Creek Winery as an assistant winemaker and today operates as senior winemaker at what is now Project Wine. I'm assuming that's within CMV. Peter, you caring, thoughtful Peter. soul. Peter. Peter. Thank you. Peter, that's well, that's I was, who I was talking about. I knew there, you know, there's got to be someone who's being a winemaker by trade. Peter obviously loves wine, but to keep his life in balance, Peter enjoys cricket, football. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> and catching up with family and friends. Uh, Phil Riley, viticulturalist. Okay, this guy Phil Riley, uh, CMV's viticulturalist, been working with the CMV farm since 2002. Okay, so cool. Viticulturalist. Not every uh, vineyard uh, manager, vineyard owner has a viticulturalist on their staff. So, um, yeah. Cool. Guy likes to drink beer. Likes to drink the Shiraz. Pip Crawford is the marketer. Mm. But, like, you know, listen, they're not hiding the fact that they've got a bloody marketer. Like, the marketer is yeah. here on equal footing with the winemaker, the viticulturalist. The, you know, I would, the love, artists. I would love to share a glass of wine with Pip. And and pick their brain about what their what they're thinking behind branding was. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a fascinating conversation. 
Because I, I feel like if we if we had Peter and the, what's the other one? Phil. And Peter and Phil, you know, to talk to, it, it'd just be like, you know, Teflon slides the whole way. It would just be. Could you, you know, elaborate on that, please? Oh, it'd just be so easy. We'd be, uh, you know, this stuff is lovely. And they'd be like, well, thank you. Here's what we were thinking. Like, oh, that makes sense. And boom, done. It's just too smooth. Where it's like, Pip were on the show. It's like, why did you put this? This little sm- upside down Smurf with a with a wine bottle on the on the bum. Well, and there's Ralph and Lisa Lazar. These are the creators behind Last Lemon. Uh, what Last Lemon? Yeah, these are. It's I think a, it's their their creative studio. It's a depressing apocalyptic idea. It is the Last Lemon. You better plant that sucker. They studied politics, or Lisa studied politics and economics at Oxford. <laughs> And she's doing cartoons. <laughs> They've led her to view the world. Apparently, is this a like a hobby? This Harold character like on the label. The guy hustle? on the label. His name is Harold. Oh. Harold looks like he's really drunk and like just blacked out in a weird position. And maybe his friends put him in that position as a gag joke. This does not look like yoga. This is very interesting. I'm. I'm. I gotta say, you know what? I love the confluence of. Disciplines going on here. I mean, in what other... Do you know a food product that has the same kind of popularized confluences? Yeah, McDonald's. Talents? Yeah, well, there you go. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> I don't know. I, I find this label pretty disappointing. Like, I, like we said at the beginning, I think, it, I think it's, it's not very... It's not really giving a, a nod to wine... Lovers, it's not really giving a nod to yoga lovers. I agree. It's kind of giving them like a cursory wave while not even looking. It's kind of like that song on the radio right now. You know, it's like, baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? But <laughs> but not really. You know, I'm losing my mind just a little. <laughs> yeah, always, <laughs> always. But uh, you know, I, what what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? What are you gonna do? We bought it. We drank it. We love it. Pip. Can we can we have a word, please? And Pip, uh, we want to have a quick word because we actually we are curious because you are the the broker of this deal. It seems like and uh, Pip, and Phil and Peter, we want to say thanks. Yeah, thank you guys. Pip, you're being summoned to the principal's office. You are to have a word. Pip Crawford, the marketer for Wine for Yoga Lovers. Let's have a chit chat. We want to know more about uh, the inspiration, yeah, the what, ideas. What was your thinking? What's the? We are really confused about some of the labels that we're seeing, but we but we're curious. We yeah, are. absolutely. Genuinely, if, there, um, if there's some good rationale behind here, enlighten us. Maybe I can get behind it. Enlighten us. We are listening. We're all ears. We're all ears, indeed. All, all ears and mostly mouths. <laughs> mostly mouths. You know, it's. I think the label did say to talk less and listen more, which uh, that's hard to do on a talk show. It's not a listening <laughs> show. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Can we have a moment of silence just to listen to our listeners? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of my bitch and wine talk show. Not your bitch and wine talk Thank show. You for my listening. bitch and wine talk show. <laughs> Thank you for talking. Thank you for listening. I'm Chester the Nightfly Northfield, and that's my co-host, Stephen Lane. <laughs> Hello. Keep it in the short grass. And remember, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Bitchin'. <laughs>
Just drink it, all right? <laughs> Chester, have you opened the wine yet? Can we get the show on the road, please? Did you bring the wine? I got the wine. <laughs> what do you think this is? Some kind of bitchin' wine talk show? 